0: Hey guys, what's up? It is six o'clock on Sunday, which of course you know means that um, it is my office hours. Uh, office hours are going to be a little different this week than usual. Um, it has been, and I, I can't even say it's been an interesting week. Uh, it's been a really shitty week this week. There's been a lot of stuff that's been happening uh, in the news, in our country, in our industry. A lot of things that just like made me not want to do office hours this week, if I'm being really honest, um, but this is a standing thing that I do every week because I feel like it's really important for people to be heard and for people to have um, equal opportunities to uh, live their best lives. So, uh, I almost I almost couldn't even do this this week, um, but I always... In times like this, look to Mr. Rogers, who, as some of you may know, is is kind of my idol in all things. Um, And he always says to look for the helpers, so I decided to be a helper today. Um, And show up. So I'm here, showing up. Um, And the first thing that I want to talk about before we get to any questions that you might have, which, of course, you have every right to send me this week. I have a couple that people have already sent me, which is why I am here today. Um, But if you do have any questions for me, truly about anything, about anything, not just about the industry, about anything that is weighing on you, feel free to uh, put them in the box below and I'll get to them. Um, The first thing that I want to talk about this week is self-care. If you are a person who is watching the news a whole lot and is taking a lot of things in, is constantly on Twitter, is constantly on Facebook, is absorbing all of the things that are happening 24 hours a day, <clears throat> excuse me, I encourage you to really find a way to uh, to take care of yourself, whatever that means. If that means getting angry, be angry. If that means going to a protest, go to a protest. If that means shutting the door and singing Broadway karaoke at the top of your lungs, do it. Whatever you need to do to uh, promote self-care, you need to do it. Because you cannot be an active citizen, you cannot be uh, the type of human that you want to be if you are not taking care of yourself first. So we really, really, really want to encourage you all to um, stay woke, like stay doing all of the things that you're doing, but... You have to be sleeping, you have to be eating, you have to be going for a run, you have to be taking showers, which I forgot to do for like four days this week because I've been really busy and really stressed out and that's not okay. You're not supposed to do that. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Um, It's really, really, really vital. The other thing I really wanna say, some of you know that I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia. Some of you probably don't. Um, I'm actually from a little town about 35 minutes away, called Wintergreen, Virginia, and I spent most of my, uh, childhood and young adulthood in Charlottesville, and my heart is just, it's just, it's just broken right now, it's just broken. Um, for all of my dear, wonderful friends who live in Charlottesville, who are making really meaningful art, and being really, uh, powerful human beings, and who are standing up to really, really, really terrifying human beings. Um, I just want to take, take a minute, um, and encourage you all, I don't know how you all feel, but when I'm far away from something that's happening, I sometimes get this feeling like there's nothing I can do, this, like, isolationism fear that I'm not being proactive enough, that I'm not being active enough in the fight that is happening right now in our country, in humanity, let's be honest. Um, And so I just want to encourage you, if you're starting to feel that way, you are not alone. Um, There are a lot of us who feel that way, but there are a lot of things that people can do. There are a lot of things that you can do to make yourself feel empowered in this moment. So first and foremost, if you are feeling like you are removed from the situation and you are not doing everything that you can, do, you know, talk to people. First of all, you're not alone, so get out there and talk to other people about how you're feeling and about how you can make change create art, write that song, write that poem, write that play, write that scene, write whatever the hell is in your head down, do it. It will matter. It will matter today, it will matter tomorrow, it will matter just to you, or it will matter to everybody. It doesn't matter. You have to get it out of your head and onto the page. There are marches everywhere. I think there's actually a march happening right now, um, but there are marches happening all over the country, and actually doing that does make a difference. However, if you are the kind of person who can't march, if you have panic attacks in large groups, don't feel guilty that you can't be there. Don't allow other people to make you feel guilty that you can't be there. You have to preserve yourself and self-care in order to help others. So find another way to activate. And that's more than just posting a Facebook status, though posting a Facebook status is also wonderful. Getting your ideas out into the world is really, really, really vital. So please, don't, don't tear somebody down just for posting a Facebook status and not doing anything else. At least they are vocalizing their truths and vocalizing their fears, vocalizing their anger. It's important. If there is something else you can do though, besides just posting a Facebook status, I encourage you to do it. Pick up the phone. Call people that work for our government and make your voices heard. If you have a couple dollars to give, don't order Seamless Web tonight. Instead, donate it to a cause that's actually gonna help fight for what you need um, or what we all need at this point. Um, There are lots of great, great, great places in Charlottesville, if you wanna help right now, that are uh, taking donations, but also on the greater, you know, the grander scheme of life. Um, There are are lots of places that are taking donations that can be really helpful to you. I'm gonna link some of them below at the end of this video. Um, If there's something that uh, you feel like you want to reach out to, please, 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 please do that. Um, So, okay, so those are just some things that I have been thinking about make sure that you are taking care of yourself. This week I got sucked into Facebook and Twitter. I forgot to shower for like four days. I have been eating Doritos and drinking soda and 100% not taking care of myself. And I can't do my job and help other people and I certainly can't be a good citizen of this country if I don't actually activate and take care of myself. So I really encourage you guys to do the same. Also, don't spend a lot of time alone unless you really, really, really need it. Now is the time to reach out to the community, engage, be a part of what's happening, talk to other humans, and remember that you're not alone, okay? Um, it looks like I just got a comment, so I'm going to see what's being said. And I also have a couple... Um, oh, that's so generous. Thank you. That's so kind of you. Um, so I have a couple questions that are that pertain not to the state of our world right now, um, but rather to uh, the state of our industry. Um, And I will take those and answer them. But again, if you have any thoughts about anything weighing on your heart right now, any questions you might have about how to engage, or any questions you might have about the industry, I am here and I will take them. Um, You know, I always like to say that everything comes from my personal experience. Everything comes from the work that I've done and the life that I have lived. So forgive me if if my answers don't resonate with you please feel free to ask somebody else, Um, but I am here. I am a free resource, and I am happy, happy, happy to take your questions. Okay, so the first question that I got um, is, let me pull it up. Uh, Okay, so this is a really, really, really great question. Uh, This person says, I've been to a couple Broadway shows recently that have actors using fat suits, and that really upsets me. Why can't they just hire actual actors of size? There's one in Great Comet, there's one in Groundhog Day, and in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It plays into the larger role of sizeism in the casting. Um, this is a really, really, really great question, and I'm really, really glad you brought this up. This question, of course, relates to a much larger conversation that is happening in the state of our industry, which is about, I'm going to call it the ism uh, Reality where we're seeing sexism, we're seeing sizeism, we're seeing racism, we're seeing all of these things, um, all of these issues kind of coming to a head. Uh, And we are challenging the theatre-makers of the future and of the now to address these issues and these realities and these thought processes and to encourage them to engage in conversation and to cultivate change in how we engage with these conversations. And that comes from casting, that comes from the producers, that comes from the writers, that comes from, you know, the 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 houses that are producing theater and the voices that are they are making heard, and it comes from the producers' final decisions about things. This is the reality. So I think in terms of the question specifically that you're asking um, in terms of sizeism and the, and the seeing of fat suits, you know, I did not cast any of those shows. I was not in any of those rooms. So I cannot tell you by any means what happened in those spaces. Um, I have no idea who was brought in for those tracks. I have no idea if the creative team came to the casting uh, team and said, this is exactly what we're looking for. Or we're looking for an actor that we will then, you know, put in this suit, or we are looking for someone, I have no idea what happened in that space. So I can't speak to it, and I wish that I could, but I don't don't work with them. Um, What I will say is this, Um, I think what we are seeing is people trying to encourage first steps of getting people uh, who, um, trying to get more bodies, more colors, more stories, more histories on stage. Um, and I don't necessarily always know that it's being done correctly, uh, but I will say that I am. S- I'm sad uh, that you are hurting because of this, um, and I really am grateful that this conversation is being had, and that we are encouraging different bodies, different uh, sizes, different shapes to be on stage. I think we are also seeing this season a myriad of different body types that are being highlighted on stage that are not in fat suits, uh, which is very, very, very thrilling. Um, but I think the, the simple answer to this is this is a conversation that needs to keep happening. It's something that needs to keep happening in the audition room. The lists that are being made need to encourage um, different things. And, and we can see that you know there have been, like I said, lots and lots of body types on stage this season. So... I think we are moving in the right direction. We are moving in a more inclusive and expansive uh, ideology direction, um, but there's still work to be done. And I'm so sorry that if any of the work that's happened is hurting you personally, um, the only thing I can say is, you know, I think people have acknowledged that that is the reality, and we are trying to make different decisions moving forward. And at the end of the day, it's not it's not casting's final decision. Um, it's not. Lots of times it's not even the director's final decision. Um, so it's just, we need, to, we need to keep fighting the fight, we need to keep talking about these things, and we need to keep moving in the right direction. Um, and people who are courageous like you for asking these questions and cultivating these conversations are the ones who are actually going to make change in the future. So I really, really, really appreciate you and the question. Um, okay, so if there's any follow-up to that or if anybody has any thoughts, I would love to know them. Um, I have another question that I want to talk about, Um, This is a little less um, broad and a little more specific. This question is, um, could you speak on actor postcards? Uh, I've never made them before, but I feel like people have mixed opinions on whether or not they're useful uh, and a waste of the the environment and dollars. Um, You know, I've talked about this before, and so I won't talk about it at great length, but what I will say is this. Um, In my experience, If you're going to send something if you're going to take the time to send something to an office there are two reasons you should do it one is a very personalized thank you note so if you had an experience in the audition room that was very um, helpful useful interesting something that you want to say thank you for um, be specific and write a handwritten thank you note put it in an envelope not just a postcard put it in an envelope and make it very personal Be specific about what happened in the room as a reminder to the person that you're sending it to, or if you've got a job and you want to say thank you, or whatever that looks like. um, It's usually very, very, very appreciated. And if it looks that personal and if it's handwritten, nine times out of ten it's going to get into the hands of the person who you sent it to. Postcards, a lot of the time, depending on the office, um, I would have to imagine they get thrown away. The assistant or the intern or whoever is looking at the mail is probably going to look at them um, and then toss them, most likely. Um, I can't speak to every office. Again, I haven't worked in every office. Uh, Depending on the size, depending on how many people work there, it's going to vary from person to person. However, I do have a tendency to believe that handwritten, personalized thank you notes get read. Um, The only other reason you might want to send a postcard is if you, in my opinion, have been on the road for a long time and you're back in New York and you want to let people in an office know you're back. Um, Those kind of things can be helpful because depending on who's making the lists or who's helping set up sessions and who happens to see your postcard, if people know that you're back in town, that's really, really, really useful information. Um, We are professional stalkers, we like to say, uh, but we can't always, sometimes things fall through the cracks. So if you've been out on the road and you're coming back home, let somebody know, send a postcard, that makes sense. But otherwise, if it's just like a, hey, it's me postcard, it's probably going to get tossed. If it's about a show that um, you want somebody to see, uh, you know, you can always send that, but I, I do think it's probably going to get tossed. There are better ways to get in touch with people now, and I think we have... Um, talked about those a lot on previous episodes of Office Hours. So if you want to go back and look at those or if you want to listen to the podcast, which you can find on iTunes, just search for Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin. There should be lots of information there. In fact we have I think almost now 25 hours worth of free information for you on that podcast. So check that out. Um, looks like I have a couple more questions. So I'm going to pull those up. Um if it'll load forgive me friends. Um, okay, um, I was just at walk-in when you did a master class, and I was so happy because we answered so many of my questions, but I do want to know the process of becoming a casting director, as successful as you, that's so generous, thank you, um, have become, because honestly, you live the coolest life. Oh my goodness, that is super, super, super generous. Um, First of all, that class was amazing. It was so great to be at Interlochen. I had such an incredible time with the students there. They did these amazing shows. I went to see Sunday in the Park with George and Evita, and these kids are just phenomenal. It makes me really proud to be an alumni of Interlochen. Um, If you don't know about Interlochen, you should absolutely check them out. The process of becoming a casting director is a very, very interesting one. Um, You know, the truth of the matter is, there's no degree that you can get in this this job. You can't go to school to be a casting director. I like to say it is still an apprentice-based job, an apprentice-based occupation. Um, You have to learn by doing. Though I will say the most important thing that I think I have done in order to do the job that I do is um, I have studied and been enthralled with musical theater forever. Um, Anyone who has known me for the many years I've been on this planet knows that I have been in love with the craft of storytelling and the New York theater community specifically since I could, you know, breathe. Um, And I have studied everything, I have read every book, I am the biggest nerd, uh, and I continue to educate myself all the time. I also really, really, really love consuming theater. I love seeing it, I love being around it, I love taking notes, I love ingesting and thinking about it, I read new scripts all the time, I like to engage with young artists, I like to engage with any artist, but I really like to meet new people who are inspiring and like to create work. So, I think... The number one thing you can do if you want to go into casting A, get an internship as quick as you can and start learning the craft and the business portion of what it means. Because a huge part of being in casting is, is business, is spreadsheets, is learning database systems, is that kind of stuff. Um, so if you like that, you should absolutely get into it. But the, the other thing that I think is even more important, because people can be taught spreadsheets, it's acquiring a taste and a lens and a point of view. It's acquiring this knowledge of um, actors who you think are special and why. It's acquiring a taste for a specific kind of art, a specific type of theater, and then really engaging with the people who are trying to create it. Because most people forget that casting directors don't always have a job. They are like actors, they have to go after them. So a huge portion of what I do is meeting young directors, meeting young writers, meeting directors and writers of any age and trying to help them understand why I like to do what I like to do and how I can be an asset to their creative team. Because I'm gonna know a specific group of people, I'm gonna have a specific eye for talent, how am I gonna read a script and understand it and then cultivate a list of people who are actually going to um, serve the material So I guess that's kind of a roundabout way of saying, be excited to meet a lot of people, read as many scripts as you can, see as much theater as you can, get an internship as soon as you can, and ask for a mentor. Find someone who you think is really good at this job and learn everything you can from them. Ask every question, be as helpful as you can, and show up early and stay late. That's my number one thing about that. And in terms of living a cool life, you just got to put out good vibes. Give as much away as you can to as many people as you can for as long as you can. Help people, help people, help people, and the world receives you. That is how you live a cool life, in my opinion. Um, Okay, so that was so lovely and a great question. And specifically, if you are interested in casting, write me an email, katelemkincasting at gmail.com, and let me know. I would love to be of help to you. Um, Okay, so Leah asked something earlier, and I missed it. Ah, Ha! You've been asked to be a reader for a play tomorrow. Yay! Uh, And you're so excited. Do you have any tips for a first-time reader? I've read the play thoroughly, and I love it, and I love the sides as well. Okay, first and foremost, being a reader is the single most valuable thing that any actor can ever do if you're an auditioning professional human being. I just recently was in session for this off brow show that I'm casting, and we actually had the actors who are in the show come in and be our readers for this replacement session. And both of them were like, whoa, this is very informative. And it really, really, really is, um, for so many reasons. Because you get to see the process, the the talking that happens behind, you know, the scenes. You get to see what different people do. So the first thing I would say about being a reader is be as uh, aware and as present as possible. Be really ready to take things in and listen and understand what's happening. In terms of, like, the actual what I look for in a reader, what's useful. Um, Don't try to steal the scene. (laughs) That's not your job. That's not what you're there for. But also give something to the people that you're working with. I cannot stand a reader who's like, and then, like, please give something to the people that you're working with. It's so helpful. And everyone has been an actor in a room where their reader is just, like, checked out. Um, And it's not fun. It's not fair. But also, of course, knowing You know, the reader is not there to audition. The reader is there to be of service to the actor who is auditioning. So give them something, but don't try to steal the scene. Don't try to be the person who becomes a star by sitting in the room. Um, We'll know your skill, and and I'm sure the person who asked you knows your talent level, which is wonderful. Um, But just be of, of service. Also, my other really specific kind of note to readers is this. Don't give your opinion to the creative team unless it's asked for. And I know that sounds really um, mm-hmm, but you haven't been asked into the space, most likely, to give your opinion about the actors. So if someone asks your opinion in the space and says, how did that feel? Was that creepy? Was that great? What did that, how did you feel reading with that person? feel free to answer honestly, but it's not your place to step in and tell the creative team who they should hire. And I've worked with people who feel really, you know, who maybe haven't had that note and decided that after every actor they needed to give a full a full opinion about what they just saw. And the truth is that's not your job. Um, at the end of the day, that is the job of the people who are on the who have been hired to be part of the creative team and the casting team. Um, and I really encourage you to have opinions and to understand what you like and what you don't like. But maybe don't speak up unless it's something that you think people aren't noticing. If you felt really creeped out or if the person got in your personal space and you felt like nobody noticed it or, or something like that, then maybe it's appropriate. But it's not your place to give an opinion unless it's been asked. That's something that I think is is really important. Um, the other thing is just really be prepared if you know you're someone who needs to highlight your sides, like print your sides before you get there and highlight them, but just know that you might show up and the sides might be different, they might have changed them a little bit. Um, so just be prepared to be on your toes and know that someone might be called in for something, but we might ask them to read something different in the room, so just be ready to change the guard, change it up and do what you need to do. also definitely bring a coffee if you need a coffee you are not going to be getting up you are not going to be going to the restroom unless you you know really need it or unless the whole team's taking a break so bring extra water bring an extra coffee bring a little snack treat Um, you're going to be in a room with no windows all day so be prepared Um, i always bring extra snacks because i get hangry so you should probably do the same Um, okay i think we might have more questions let me see um, no. Oh, yes, I do. Why is this being so aggressive? Hold on. I gotta I gotta reload. Um, great. You have a question. Do you have any thoughts for young artists who are interested in pursuing theater in college? What was your experience and what path do you recommend for the young students of today? Uh, this is a really great question, um, and I have a lot of opinions about it. So um, I'll try to be brief because we've talked about it a lot in previous office hours. Um... This is something I'm super, super passionate about. I believe that college is a wonderful, wonderful asset. I also think people can be wildly successful without it. Um, I think we've come to this place in our industry where we think the only people who can do this professionally are people who have gone to, like, one of ten colleges in this country, and, and uh, I think that's really sad. Um, I think those, I think colleges that are providing BFAs and BAs in theater and musical theater are doing wonderful work and are serving their students, um, but I do think there are a lot of people who um, have been very successful actors and can be very successful actors who have not gone the traditional route of college. Um, I went to Ithaca College for musical theater in the BFA program, but I actually left after one year there um, and decided to come and do professional theater in New York, and then I went and went back to school and went to Indiana University for anthropology, did all sorts of different things with my life. But my path has been nothing traditional, let me be very clear. Um, And I think I've been pretty successful, and i figured a lot of things out. Um, I also studied at the William Esper Studios in New York, which was wildly transformative for me and for my understanding of the art form of acting and for the craft of acting. Um, And I think there are a lot of really talented people who go to programs like that in the city as well. I think college is a really, really, really important thing for young artists, Um, but I encourage them to understand the reasons why they want to go to school. I think a lot of people decide they want to go to a college because they want to showcase, Um, and I just like to remind people that showcase is one day of your life, and you can wake up with laryngitis, and you will have still spent four years and thousands and thousands of dollars on an education. Um, so if that is the reason that you're going to school, if you're going for a showcase, you really need to reevaluate the desire and, and why you're there. Um, I, uh, have a lot of thoughts and a lot of advice on what to do while you're in college, how to best use your time there, and if that's something that, um, you would like to talk about or you know people who would like to talk about, please feel free to have them write me and I, I can work with them and coach with them. Um, but I think that education is wildly important. I think that if there's anything that you want to study that is not um, musical theater and you have a passion for it, you should also really engage in those topics as well. The best thing that I ever studied in school was folklore, the art of storytelling, and why we as humans have been drawn to it from the start. Um, I think it makes me understand why it's so important to fight for this art form, and so I really encourage people who are in programs across the country to find other classes and other passions, and that goes for people who are done with college too. Find a class, take a class somewhere, even if it's a pottery class, whatever it is, you know, cultivate uh, your brain and your heart and keep learning. It's really important. Um, I think you wrote me another question, so I'm going to see if it's about this. Let's see. Speaking of colleges, what do you know about Barnard College's theater program? I'm really interested in being in New York, but I don't necessarily need to go to NYU or Juilliard. I want a good liberal arts education as well. Um, great! I think that's a really, really, really great idea. If you know that you don't need to be at Juilliard or NYU, if that's not going to fulfill you in all of the ways that you need to be fulfilled as an educated human being or someone who craves education. Um, There are lots of wonderful theater programs and Barnard does have a lovely, wonderful theater program and a wonderful liberal arts education in Manhattan. Um, There are lots of, ooh, it's hot in here today. Um, There are lots of schools in New York City. Uh, who have wonderful theater programs and are also wonderful liberal arts schools, Um, if you're interested in Barnard, you absolutely should go to Barnard. You need to do what's right for you in terms of fulfilling all of your needs, your educational needs, your heart, um, all of the things that make you you. And you should not just go to a college simply because of its name. However, I'm not going to lie here and say that going to a school with a prestigious name isn't going to help you, because it is. I mean, people will take you very seriously if you have Carnegie Mellon and University of Michigan and NYU and Juilliard and Yale and these places on your resume. It does make a difference. What it does is it signals that this person has gone through a rigorous audition process and a rigorous education to come out on the other end. There's an assumption of skill. There is an assumption of connection whether that's real or not, the assumption is there. So I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, going to one of those incredible institutions isn't going to help you in the end of the day. It will. Of course it will. Um, These places have reputations for a reason. But there are many people who are successful. There are many people who go on to very fruitful and interesting and diverse careers in the arts. Um, No matter where they go to school, uh, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be active. You have to be proactive. You have to take care of your heart and your mind and your body. You have to be good about finding your own rep. You have to get good internships. You have to spend your summers working. There are lots of things that you need to do, and you can do those from any school. So um, just a thought about college. Uh, feel free to chime in if you disagree or if you have some additional thoughts. I'm always here to, uh, to talk about these things, um, and I know how important they are. So please feel free. Um, Okay, so my question is about location for work. Is New York the best way to start off an acting career, or can you try other cities and be just as successful? This is a really, really, really great question! Um, Okay, so here's the deal. There are a lot of wonderful cities in this country, um, and in the world, let's be perfectly frank, that are doing really interesting and beautiful, cool theater. Um, We have, you know, Chicago is doing really beautiful work. Um, There's a really thriving scene in Seattle. There's a really thriving scene in Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Houston. L.A. is all of a sudden doing musical theater again. It's fantastic. Um, There are lots of really cool, interesting places doing really wonderful theatrical work. If you are looking to make uh, a career paying your bills by being a professional performer, um, at a certain point in your career, you know, most people are going to say, if you want to be on the stage, to try to, you, you either need to be in New York or Chicago um, or DC to to make a living as a performer. Um, however, I I need you to go where you feel like you're going to fit in, where you feel like the type of theater that you want to be doing is being done, um, where directors that you respect are working where um, theaters that you have connections with, or theaters that you respect, are, are. Um, And if that's New York City, then please feel free to come here and start your career. However, it's going to be difficult. Um, New York is not forgiving. New York is a place where, um, you know, you you kind of get one chance at a first impression, New York is big, and there are thousands of people who want to be actors here, um, and they're all trying their damnedest to make it happen. So if you think that you're going to um, have a better career by starting in a smaller a smaller city, a smaller talent pool, then I say go for it. Don't come to New York until you are absolutely ready to fight, fight, fight with all of your being. Um, because this this is it, man. This is, this is the mecca. So... I am of the ilk that if you feel like you want to start your career in Nashville and do really cool theater in Nashville and build your resume, build your skills, get your resume so that, you know, it's, it's more packed um, and you feel better about your talent, uh, then do it. Absolutely. Go where you need to go to get your career started off the way you want it to be. Um, and if you know it's New Yorker bus, then come on. We're here. We're waiting for you. We're ready. Let us know you've arrived. Um, but if it doesn't have to be New York, I say go someplace else. Start someplace else. Start in a, in a smaller pond, work your way up, and then come. There are a lot of people who have done that. I, I think about someone um, every day who started in D.C. and came to New York and has made a stir. Or started in Seattle and has come to New York and made a stir. So there are ways to make it all happen. Um, I just got a big question here. Uh, I'm bringing up something that has been a huge discussion between myself and a number of other actors. This is obviously a tough business. You spoke about bridge burning last week, and I loved your answer. Thank you. Um, As actors, we're expected to give with all of our hearts, but always with a business mind. How do you separate your kind heart from your business mind when the two conflict and you need to make a tough decision? How do you momentarily keep your heart out of the decision uh, with just just people-pleasing, even if you know the correct decision is one you wouldn't normally make on a daily basis? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, woof. Hey Marissa, this is a really, really, really great question. Um, I am the first person to admit that it is wildly difficult for me to separate my heart from my business, my heart from um, my passion, uh my love for individuals from the good of a show or from the good of the you know the industry or whatever. Um it kind of comes down to a couple key things for me. Um At some point in, you know, with what I do specifically, because that's all I can talk to, I know going into a session that every person who's gonna come into the room to audition, be it in an open call or in an appointment, wants something with all of their heart. Even if it's an off day for them, even if they're like kind of feeling it but not super feeling it, they really do want that job. So I try to approach every moment that I'm in that room from a place of great love and understanding. However, sometimes people do things that piss me off, sometimes at the end of the day, it's about money or politics or decisions that are out of my control, and I really have had to start telling myself, um, I cannot control everything. And with that understanding, with that kind of self-reflection and and, and understanding, I'm able a little bit better to separate my heart from my business. Um, and... All I can do, in terms of true control, is give everybody the same amount of respect and love and kindness, um, and then the chips are going to fall where they may, um, and I can't always control it. So I guess what I really try to, to do in most cases, when it's not about specific decision ma- making, which I will get to, um, is I just try to treat everybody like they are the most important person in the room. Um, it In any room, in any room that I go to, be it you know, 54 Below, or a Broadway theater, or the deli, or the subway car, or an audition room, I really try to treat every person like they are the most important person in the room. And in doing that, I feel like I have given my heart in an honest way and in a helpful way, and uh, at the end of the day, that's all I can really control. When it comes to making a difficult decision, though, you know, I know specifically maybe what you're talking about, and I also know that we become attached to people who help us. We become attached to people who don't help us. It is very difficult for people in the performing arts uh, and the arts in general, I think, to separate their understanding of um, love and business, right? That's, that's what you're getting at. Um, I fall in love 50,000 times a day. I think people are beautiful. I think humanity, for all of the shit show that it is right now, still has some really great, beautiful people in it. Um, and at some point when people are doing things that are harmful, hurtful, hateful, ignorant, not okay, um, disgusting, when people are using hate language, when people are doing things that um, are inappropriate, that's when I get to disconnect. That is when I say to myself, "This this is business now, and this is not personal. This person has crossed a line, and now I get to separate myself from the situation. Um, it makes me sad sometimes that it takes it getting to that place for me to be able to separate, but when those things happen, you have to walk away. You have to walk away, and then you have to activate. You have to figure out what it was that made you walk away, and then find a way to make that situation better. Maybe not with that person, but with the greater whole. Um, I think that I answered your question, um... I will say this, it is impossible to take your heart momentarily or ever out of any decision that you ever make. As someone who, you know, anyone who's probably watching this, your craft is sharing of self. Like, your heart is going to be in everything. It's going to be in literally everything. So for you, for anyone to pretend like they can take their heart out of a situation, it's impossible. Um, And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, like, oh, it's so easy, just turn it off. Um, you, You can't that's just not real life. Um, what you have to do is be better about saying, my heart feels for this human, but my mind is telling me I need to activate and move away. Um, and then you're allowed to sit in the pain for a little bit and feel bad about it, but then also realize that this person has done something that makes you not want to be a part of their life. So, um, that's my two cents about that. Uh, it's not always easy, and I'm not perfect, and there are days when I walk away from session and my heart is broken, because there are people that gave everything, and we can't give jobs to every person. Um, there are days where my heart is broken because I see people in positions in this industry that aren't actors uh, who are being stepped on and hurt and broken, and, and I can't fix it. Um, you know. But I also have to realize that we got to fight for the good. We've got to keep moving forward. And... and um, You know, it's okay that we can't separate our hearts. It means we're making smart and interesting and thoughtful decisions. Um, But you just have to take care of yourself as best you can. So there's that. Um, I think I might have gotten one more question. No, it was just a nice text message, (laughs) of course. Um, Okay, so does anybody have any more questions? It's about 640 Um, I know that it's been a long week, a lot of people have a lot of things going on tonight, people are marching, Game of Thrones is on, Uh, lots of things are happening. So, uh, unless someone has a question in the next minute, I think I'm going to wrap it up a little bit early today. Um, I just want to say, you know, I was saying earlier, Mr. Rogers is my guy, and I think the reason that I really like Mr. Rogers, um, is because when I was little, I would turn on the TV and he would be there to say, you know, for those of you who know me, I always say, I hear you, I see you, I value you. And I think Mr. Rogers is kind of the guy who taught me that. Um, I felt like every time I watched the TV, he said, I hear you, I see you, I value you. No matter what neighborhood you come from, no matter what neighborhood you're going to, when you're here, when you're with me, you are valued and you are loved. So I just want to say that to you guys. Um, I hear you and I see you and I value you and you are loved. And it takes a lot of uh, courage and uh, gumption to get up in the morning, let alone to get up in the morning and try to be an artist. So I'm here for you. If you need anything this week, just write me an email, casting at gmail.com. If you want to meet with me, if there's anything you want to work through, um, feel free to set up an appointment. You can book an appointment with me on my website. Um, or if you just want to join me for office hours every week, I will be here from six to seven every Sunday night uh, you can always catch up with me via the podcast on iTunes to search for office hours with Kate Lumpkin, subscribe like, write a little comment if you feel like it um, I hope you all get through this week with so much love and so much respect, I know you're all all over the country and you all are living very different lives but just know we're all in this together and even if it's scary and even if it's not what we want it to be I trust and value it in hearts and minds of the people who are around us. So let's join together, let's create some art, and let's be good humans together. Okay? I think you all are wonderful, and we so look forward to seeing you next week. Six o'clock, and I'll see you then.